At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then, book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable to you want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everybody, this is Richard Deitch, and welcome to the Sports Media Podcast. My producer is Patrick Antonetti. One guest this week, but no better guest on this topic. James Andrew Miller has been a guest on this podcast many times. He is the best-selling author of books on CAA, ESPN, Saturday Night Live, HBO, has his own podcast series, Origins. And when it comes to discussing the management, particularly senior management of ESPN, nobody has written more words on that topic than James Andrew Miller. And I, by the way, I'm not sure that's a, how great a compliment that is, Jim. Maybe you should be institutionalized. But uh, welcome to, or welcome back, I should say, to the Sports Media Podcast. Thanks for having me. All right. Um, ESPN made a ton of senior management moves last week, Jim. We'll get to some of the specifics because, again, I know this is this podcast can be a very inside baseball podcast for people. But... If you could start here, Jim, sort of writ large, when Jimmy Pitaro, the chairman of ESPN, when Burke Magnus, essentially the head of all content in ESPN, when they start making decisions as to like who's in charge of studio production, who's in charge of the NBA or the NFL, who's in charge of like creative studio and marketing, like what what does that mean for me as an ESPN viewer, as an ESPN listener, as an ESPN reader? Look, I think uh, a lot of what goes on the air, particularly the details of different shows and how they're stacked, how they're organized, even how they look, um, is reflective of executives and the producers that they put in charge. So I think that throughout ESPN's history, you've seen changes. I mean, look, we can start with the funniest one of all, which is, uh, I guess it was back in 2018. Uh, when Jamel and Michael Smith were hosting the six o'clock sports center, um, I got a call and they said, we just heard that Norby Williamson is going to be taking over supervision of the show starting tomorrow. And they said, what, what do you think this means for us? And I said, well, first of all, you can say goodbye to the Obama bobblehead. And uh, they started laughing and they thought I was joking. And I said, no, 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 you don't understand. He's like, the cleaner at the end of La Femme Nikita, um, Good things rough. are going to change. <laughs> and uh, and sure enough, the Obama bobblehead was gone. But the point is that 
these aren't just random titles and random positions that are being flipped around or whatever. Each one of these people um, has their own sensibilities, has their own experiences, their own mandate. They want to create their own mandate. They want to impact the products that they are supervising now. And if you just take a look, the NFL is, you know, the big kahuna. And if you look at a difference between what Stephanie Julie was doing and what Norby is going to be doing, um, there'll be changes. There'll be changes in front of the camera. There'll be changes in terms of the way things are organized. I'm sure that Norby and his team will have different ideas about what's been going on. Um, there's some continuity, of course, um, you know, it, in other roles. But the truth is that you you work your ass off to get these jobs. And when you get them, you want to be impactful right. and you want to bring your own set of sensibilities to them. Uh, that's a really good answer, actually. It's a really very, very well said kind of writ large statement. All right. So now for the listeners of this podcast, like who who don't know the names we're talking about, I'll, I'll do my best here. And again, let me just sort of emphasize this podcast in particular is very sort of inside baseball for ESPN. Most of the time, I intentionally try to do a broad podcast where like, you know, if I'm interviewing a women's basketball writer or a hockey writer, like, you know what the topic is. But this is kind of inside ESPN management. So Burke Magnus is the president of content. Essentially, the number, I think fair to say, Jim, right, the number two person in the org chart behind Jimmy Pitaro. Is that a fair assessment, number two? Yeah, I think it's even more significant than that. If, okay. If, do, I have 30, do I have 30 seconds? Yeah, yeah, go ahead, please. Yeah, of course. So for those who may not know, I mean, Burke spent, I think it's close to 30 years. It's got to be more than 25 years as a programming executive at ESPN. And he was a damn good one. And he had a lot of support uh, under skipper uh for that position and you know one of the things that happened with jimmy pataro coming in from disney even though it was the parent company um it had been a long time since somebody from the outside so to speak came in and jimmy and burke didn't really know each other and i was particularly curious to see how that would go because sometimes it doesn't go well right there's no guarantees and they i think they got off they kind of like were, I don't know, kind of like checking each other out for the first six or nine months. But the truth is that Burke did a great job in programming. And when Jimmy came to him and said to him several months ago, you know, I need you to do this content job. Remember, I, I know for sure Burke did not ask for that job. He didn't request it, didn't want it. Um, so he goes from running... 300 people in programming to 4,000 right. in content. And he's never done content before. And so I just think it's worth taking a moment on two levels. First, how do you really know that your boss thinks highly of you? Like if you're in a job, right? I mean, you, you, you know your boss thinks highly of you because you continue to do the job. Right. And maybe you get a raise or maybe you get another contract or maybe you get a good bonus. When... Your boss comes to you and all of a sudden basically does a 180 and says, I know you've been doing this for your entire career. And now I want you to do this, which is something fundamentally different. 
I think that's got to be, I mean, I didn't say this directly to Burke, but I, I think that's got to be one of the best feelings in the world. Because what, what Jimmy is basically saying to Burke Magnus is, I have so much confidence in you as an executive, not as just a programming executive, but as an executive that I'm willing to give you the keys to this castle. And by the way, it is, it's 4,000 employees and it's all content. It's the big job. And so I think that that's the first level. The second level is with more specific to your question about number two. I think he's clearly number two, but I think he also, Jimmy is doing something else, which is basically saying to Bob Iger, the Disney board and whoever else is listening out there or may need to listen one day. Look, one of the reasons why I'm taking Burke from programming and moving him over to content is because if I get, God forbid, if I get hit by a bus or two or three years from now, I get Bob's job or whatever. Here's the guy, because right. now he's got a portfolio that is reflective over the most, you know, important arteries in this company. And so I think it was a real strategic move um, on Jimmy's part, not only a vote of confidence, but a, a strategic move to make sure that he has a successor inside. Uh, agreed. A hundred percent. I think that's what Burke Magnus is set up for. Um, and I think he'd be a good, you know, if the, if the time ever happened, I think, I think he'd be a very good ESPN chairman. All right. So, so Jim Miller has sort of set that up and where this sort of like where the catalyst comes from is on, um, I hope my date is right. June 21st, Burke Magnus is emailing the company or emailing the people in content. And as Jim said, that's 4,000 plus people. And he says, colleagues, since assuming my new role in March, I've spent a significant amount of time contemplating how we can more efficiently manage our large, highly complex group and be even more strategic, collaborative and successful. Our people are hands down the best in the business. You know, again, it's sort of what you would expect from sort of a, a corporate leader. Um, and he eventually announces that his direct reports are, Stephanie Drulli, David Roberts, Norby Williamson, Freddie Roland, Katie Daly, Rosetta Ellis, Brian Lockhart, and Rodolfo Martinez. The 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 two sort of ones, obviously, that really sort of pop out, Jim, are uh, Norby Williamson and Dave Roberts. At the moment, and again, I'm just setting this up so people know, Dave Roberts is the head of event and studio production. Norby Williamson is the executive editor and head of event and studio production. So I think that's sort of his additional title. We'll do Norby first. In Burke Magnus's memo, in addition to overseeing the continued success of SportsCenter, MLB, NHL, UFC, boxing, tennis, investigative journalism, and news gathering, I've asked Norby to be responsible for all football content, including NFL, college football, XFL, and the SEC Network, which is currently run by Lee Fitting. So... Jim, let's start with Norby Williamson. Not only does he have all the stuff I mentioned before, including SportsCenter, MLB, NHL, that guy now has the keys to what is the most important kingdom. You agree at ESPN, and that's NFL content. So, you know, I mean, look, I think we discussed this a while ago, but I think nine or ten years ago I said that, uh, you know, if an atom bomb goes off in Bristol, the cockroaches and Norby will be the only people left, only things left. You can't bet against Norby. I mean, he has, remember that old game, Shoots and Ladders, um, his roller coaster ride. There have been so many times where people have called me up and said, oh, you know, there's a new round of layoffs coming up. I, I think Norby's on the list. And it's like, yeah, well, you know, 
I'll believe it when I see it. Um, not only has he survived, but I believe he has a new contract uh, recently, a new contract. And I think he's getting close to 60. Um, I mean, this has been, this has been one of the great runs. Remember early on, he was a, an important force in the heyday of sports center right. um, with Berman and Keith and was, Dan was he, and wasn't he Chris, and everybody else. You would know, was he Chris Berman's first PA? Is that where he starts or am I wrong? He started that? very early with Berman and yep. more importantly, more significantly, Berman always liked him. I mean, they went through a couple bouts there, but, uh, right. you know, Berman, Berman's tough. Uh, you know, he doesn't give away love for nothing. And he always, you know, for most of his career, always counted on Morby. So I think that, you know, for people who are just interested in how that biosphere in Bristol works. Um, you know, I think the, the legacy is, uh, the, the takeaway is that it's a marathon, not a dash. And by the way, you can say the same thing for Dave Roberts. Yeah, we'll get, to, were, we'll, we'll, we'll get to him. We'll get to him. Focus on Norby. But we'll, my point is with Norby and with other, um, you know, you just, you can't believe what it's like when the feeling is that, you know, you're, your career is over or you're on the outs with this man, this president or whatever. And he just kept on plotting away and, you know, has rebounded most significantly now. So I think, you know, his, his, his portfolio is awesome. It's the stuff Amazing. the dreams are made of. Amazing. Okay. So a couple of things here. One, just for full transparency, um, you know, I've certainly had my criticism of Norby Williamson, uh, both in print as well as Twitter. I, th th I'm sure the guy is not a fan of mine, and that's probably being mild. His portfolio is unbelievable, and that is true. I, I mentioned in the NFL, um, he has college football as well, which is the, the second most important property to ESPN. And then the other thing um, is he has a ton of direct reports, a lot of talented people. Craig Lazarus is a super talented guy who does ESPN features. Uh, Mike McQuaid is Scott Van Pelt's essentially executive producer. Amanda Gifford um, is now under Nor Norby. She's sort of their audio person, really bright person. So he's got a lot of people reporting to him. Let me ask you this, uh, Jim. From your perspective, what was Burke Magnus's thinking in terms of putting all this under Norby or adding, adding to what was already a great portfolio adding these gigantic properties in the NFL college football? Well, the real answer, and I want to say it with all due respect, is if you really look between the lines of this statement, um, Burke Magnus took Stephanie out of production. He obviously came to the conclusion that he wanted to make a change. And I'm sure I have not talked to Stephanie Drulli about this, but uh I can imagine that it was probably difficult for her to hear. Uh, the good news is she's still at the company at a time that layoffs are, are clear and present. And she, just, just to so the audience knows, Stephanie Drulli formerly had the NFL, correct? Yeah. So that's okay. Yeah. So there you go. So I think that I think that once look, it, it it almost became binary. That once if you're Burke and you're looking at the situation, and if you want to make a change from Stephanie. There's a lot of talented people at ESPN. I mean, Lee Fitting, I mean, Mike McQuaid's a legend. I mean, there's there's lots of people, not to mention the fact that you could bring somebody in from the outside. But I think that, again, I did not hear this from Burke, but it's clear if you just kind of trace the pedigree of this memo that uh, the reorg, 
that he decided if he was going to move Stephanie, the only person he felt really comfortable assuming those duties was Norby. Right. And so that became, uh, you know, at, at that point, it became self-evident. He's got an amazing team. And I think there's a lot of, look, it's a lot easier now in terms of the NFL with, with Troy and Joe yeah. and with some other things. But I do think, I do think you're going to see some, some significant changes with shoulder programming. So let's get, so let's, let's, let's stop for a second and let me follow up on that. Cause that was going to be my question is, okay. So what does Norby Williamson being in charge of the NFL and college football really mean for me, Jane or, you know, Jim Harris sitting in Ohio somewhere in terms of what I'm, what's going to be different about my NFL college football coverage at ESPN, you think? So there are things that you can change in that job and there's things that you can't. Obviously, not that he would want to, but Troy and Joe are signed to long-term contracts. They're not going anyplace. So unlike people like Stephanie and um, Seth and others that were working on the NFL for many years, it was like, well, what are we going to do about the booth? And is Gruden going to stay? Or is this one going to, is Booger going to be there? Is this right. one? There was every year it was, it was, you know, I'm kind of a exhausting discussion about what, the NFL coverage would look like. Um, at least they have the booth figured out now. I think that there are people inside ESPN, and I think there's some folks over at Park Avenue that don't like some of the shoulder programming. And if I were Norby, um, I, I mean, if I'm guessing, Norby's probably rolling up his sleeves with the opportunity um, to be impactful. And that might mean significant changes in terms of who we're seeing when we go to the pregame on Monday night or afterwards. I mean, obviously Van Pelt's there, but um, in other aspects. I mean, that that's really why you work your ass off to get these jobs, right? Is to be able to take your own thoughts right. and your own input. Uh, everything you've collected since you've been there, maybe you combine with some research or whatever, or maybe there's some other exigencies like you got to, lay off some people. So we're going to be, we need to lay off, you know, a couple of people from our NFL coverage. I'm just, I'm making this up by the way. No, I, I don't really like speculating about uh, layoffs. I know they're coming in the next couple of weeks. Right. Um, and I feel horrible about that for everybody involved. But the truth is that you have to marry a bunch of independent variables to come up with a game plan. And so from the, the short answer to your question, Richard, is that I think, when we're sitting on our couches uh, and we're watching coverage this fall, I think you're going to see some some things that are different for sure. Uh, before we get to Dave Roberts, uh, Jim, uh, generally speaking, best based on your best informed analysis, a position like Norby Williamson's, are we looking at is that a million dollar salary? Uh, let's forget about the stock options and the Disney preferred stock and stuff like that. What is it, what would someone in that position roughly you think make annually, or the Dave Roberts position? Well, remember though, stock is a big part of it. Bonuses no, I get are big it. in stock, so base salary is never that. I mean, even Zaslav has a modest base salary, <laughs> yeah, um, right? And his he makes enough to make you a Bolshevik. So um, I think, look, yeah, there are, there's certainly two common jobs. You okay. know, absolutely. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Let's get, to, let's get to Dave Roberts. And Dave Roberts has a pretty interesting job in that um, he currently, or before sort of Burke's changes, he was the top content person for the NBA the WNBA, and then a ton of studio content. First Take, Get Up, uh, PTI, had his hand in Sports Center. I think he was at the top of the chart. Um, uh, oh, no, and okay, so I take that back. He will then add um, college sports other than football and baseball. So that's pretty some pretty significant properties, if I'm correct about that. Women's basketball would be under him. Women's softball, those are big uh, viewership uh, stars. Formula One, now it looks like will be under him. Special event productions like the ESPYs. And then, and this is something I'm really interested in your take on, Jim. Um, Dave Roberts, I believe, will be at the top of the org chart for the Pat McAfee show, uh, which obviously is a very, very important to Burke Magnus and Jimmy Pitaro. So when you saw or heard of the changes for Dave Roberts, what were what was your th- sort of overall thoughts there? Well, my first thought, and I apologize in advance if this is too gossipy or too in the weeds, is I think, once again, you have to look at the way that people's career careers develop at ESPN. And I say, again, with all due respect to Dave, Dave Roberts had a reputation for many years inside um, as being really tough on the furniture, sharp elbows, not a great bedside manner. Um, if he's listening to this, I, I, I you know, I, he, he may not agree with me, but I talked to enough people there all the time that it was it was certainly part of the DNA of his quote unquote brand as an executive. And I think that the first thing you got to think of is that Jimmy could have just heard all that and hit the delete key on him and instead decided that he was a valuable resource for the company. And I don't know this for a fact, but I believe, um, because I've heard it from enough people that I think they gave him some talking points in terms of what, how he needed to maybe change his comportment or grow as an executive to put a more positive spin on it. And it appears um, that he has met that challenge. Now, a lot of executives and a lot of jobs don't necessarily get to have that opportunity. But I think that, you know, again, um, there's lots of things when you're in a position like Jimmy, Jimmy's and, uh, you know, some of this started under Connor Shell, who was, working um, before Burke had content. Um, And I think that it's just an important reminder to everyone to see that, you know, I'm not saying that everyone loves Dave Roberts or every single problem or whatever. Uh, I'm not even saying that, uh, you know, he he was castigated or, uh, you know, unliked, but I think he had some challenges and I think that they hung in with him and now he's being richly rewarded. I mean, being in charge of the Pat McAfee show, um, 
that could be a blessing or a curse. I wait. Let me just let me just let me let me just for the audience, just so for some perspective, I'll let you keep going, Jim. Dave Roberts has a lot of direct reports to him. Mike Foss is expanding his role to include oversight of the Pat McAfee. So, so, so there would be a, from what I, at least I understand, an executive sort of overseeing the McAfee show. And then who the person who oversees the executive is Dave Roberts in the same way, because I think actually Dave Roberts has some really good direct reports. Mike Schiffman, who's in charge of men's and women's college basketball. Meg Arnott, who's in charge of college sports, including uh, softball, field hockey. Kate Jackson, who runs Formula One. These are the people who really will deal with the talent on a day-to-day basis, but overseeing that at the senior, senior executive level is Dave. So in Roberts's case, when the shit hits the fan, either positively or negatively on the McAfee show, it's Dave Roberts' desk it lands on. Now go ahead, Jim. Yeah, without a doubt. And that's why I think that it could be a boon or a bane to his existence. I think it'll be. I think it's a boon. I think they want McAfee to succeed really, well, they really big. Want, yeah, of course. I mean, they want to McAfee to succeed. They paid a fortune for <laughs> Correct. him. Yeah. A literal fortune. And I believe it's even more than has been reported because it seems to me that somebody had to pay it for him to get out of his existing. Well, anyway, I just, I can't, I don't. I don't know. I'm not you don't, don't, don't want to throw you don't want to throw out fun numbers out there. It it was it was huge. It was huge. I'm I'm startled. In fact, if you saw some of the the what the competition was offering, I mean ESPN basically. Well, he had to get out of his fan duel deal, right? So ESPN had to make him whole off that. So we know that, and that deal was, I believe that deal was thirty million annual. I'm doing those off the top of my head. I think four years and one twenty. So like, I mean, you know, you're you could start to sort of figure out like what kind of crazy money McAfee's getting. But listen, McAfee's a massive success. He gives them what what they want, which is which is male eyeballs. And so, I, I, again, I think me and you are both in agreement on this. It's just like I, they they have Burke Magnus in particular and Pataro in particular. They've invested so much financial capital with McAfee that I just think they're going to give him every runway to succeed. Whether it does succeed or not, no one can predict that. But like, I do. But that's think- the whole point. That's the whole point of that job, which is that first of all, he's in a new place. It's a different culture. Hundred percent. He, uh, you know, you talk about all these people that are going to be involved in the show. I, I don't see Pat McAfee as a guy who's going to be, maybe I'm wrong, going to be sitting in a big conference room in Bristol and with like nine executives. And well, like, he'll be in Indianapolis to start with. Yeah, he doesn't want to be in Bristol. I'm just saying, like, what's everybody's feedback? And what, what's... Uh, no, I get it. You know, exactly. What you, like, he may be talking to just one person for all I know. Who knows? But my only point is... We we know, and you you know, you could cite a million examples along with me of big talent deals that went south. I don't yep, 100%. think that that's going to happen with Pat McAfee. But my only point is, it it is a lot of pressure for Dave and his team, given the huge investment that the company has made. You can't not make it work. It has to work. Also, and. And I didn't mean to interrupt you. I say you'll find this interesting too. The thing about the le- the thing when you get to McAfee's level, Aikman's level, right, Herb Street's level, Pat McAfee has a direct line to Jimmy Pataro. So it's very tricky terrain, I think, for Dave Roberts and his direct reports because, like, when you're at that talent level, right, when you're getting paid that kind of money, and it's probably Stephen A. Buck, um, Aikman, 
uh, McAfee, you, you, you could, you'll be better at this adding it, whoever else is in that pantheon. They can go direct. They have a relationship with Jimmy, right? So that's what's tricky, I think, for Dave Roberts is those guys can get on the phone with Jimmy Pitaro. They can go right over everybody if, 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 things, if they're bothered by things that are happening. But also there's something else here. There's an X factor with Pat because Troy and Joe, they go into a booth and the architecture of that booth basically set up by Rune Arledge a long yeah, time ago. Great point. I mean, there's different, I'm not trying to do dishonor to what the Freddie Gadellis of the world do. Cause I mean, you know, Freddie's brilliant and there's lots of different things that you can do. Um, but you're basically in the booth broadcasting the game. Stephen A. Smith is responsible for a lot of tonnage during the week. So he has to make a five minute argument last 40 minutes and that ta that's a particular talent and he knows how to do it and he gets paid handsomely for it there isn't that kind of architecture surrounding pat right now i mean there there will be i mean but it, there, it's a lot loosey-goosey right there's a lot more opportunities and maybe this is going to be something that's going to be enhance even his popularity, which is he's going to be able to do things that he hasn't done before or try things, or maybe he won't want to. I don't know. But my only point is it's not as fixed, quote unquote, as the other three guys that you mentioned. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. All right, Jim, as we finish up here, I mean, I don't want to go through every management change because there's obviously a lot of them, but there were certainly people that Burke has put in his, you know, immediate cabinet who now have much more power and responsibility. Obviously, Burke filled the, um, you know, the programming position that he used to be in, and, and he's now got his um, person in place there. Um, well, Jimmy did that. Yeah, Jimmy did that. Rosalind Durant, though, and is you know again a major, major player now at um, at ESPN. Uh, you know, Tina Thornton, who I know for a long time from women's basketball, has now gotten a um, a bump. She'll be uh, taking uh, Laura Gentili's position as EVP of Creative Studio and Marketing. And Laura Gentili had a great career and was a massive figure in ESPNW, and she's now moving on to her old company. So that's just my like again. We're not gonna go through every position, but like I guess. My last thing for you is sort of a takeaway is that like, is this now like the, the Burke Magnus slash Jimmy Pitaro like cabinet? Like have the people, the, have the joint chiefs of staffs, you know, been selected? And is this the group now sitting around the room that is leading ESPN into whatever future ESPN is going to have? Uh, yes. I mean, I think all these moves were made with stability in mind. There needed to be changes. Burke was 
going to come over to content and wasn't going to just take what was there. He needed to do his own analysis of it and wanted to work with his direct reports the way he wanted them to be. Um, but I think the hope is, look, let's just broaden out to 30,000 feet for a second. We are in a critically important era for ESPN right now. This is this is the calm before the storm. And it's a storm that ESPN has never, ever been attached to before uh, since it went on the air. And that is they are going to be direct to consumer. They are going to, you know, as terrifying as it's going to be for them, uh, they're not going to totally let go of their cable bundle and their dual, dual revenue stream. But they understand that technology has imposed on them realities. Bob Iger knows it very well. Jimmy knows it very well. Um, not to mention the fact that ESPN has now got its own PL and its own, you know, basically its own financial identity. And so very quickly, I mean, I think probably two, three years, you're going to see a fundamental change in the way ESPN is transmitted, is distributed. And that is, that's an earthquake. And so the one thing that you want to do during this transition time, I mean, the one thing that Jimmy needs to do, because right now, if you were to look at Jimmy's schedule, he's going to a lot. I mean, he's still chairman. He's still very involved. He's still got his direct reports. He's still got his meetings. But my gosh, I mean, the guy is going to investor conferences, investor conferences, and spending a lot of time with, with Bob Iger, who clearly trusts him, and he's clearly on the short list for Bob's successor. The last thing Jimmy Pertara needs right now is instability in terms of the organization. So everything that we've been talking about is designed to make sure that ESPN is on terra firma and is got a stable management organization system while it's going through a very unstable distribution world. Um, and so I, I would expect, unless somebody really screws up, right? I mean, unless somebody really screws up, this is the way it's going to look for the next couple of years and the way it should work because everybody now has a clear, look, one of the things that's also very important about what Burke in particular has laid out is everybody knows what everybody else is doing. That hasn't been the case always. It's been kind of loosey-goosey and sometimes you know, and I don't mean this disrespectfully to Connor, but sometimes during the Connor years, people had a certain title, but other people were doing other things. And it was, uh, you know, it was awfully confusing. I think the lines are drawn pretty clearly now. And I think that what Jimmy um, and Burke and Roslyn are saying is, look, this is this is how we're lined up. And now we got to go execute. I will certainly have Jim Miller back when we get into the uh, probably before the NFL season for sure, but absolutely during the NFL season, and we'll see. We'll talk about if ESPN looks different or what is different about ESPN, particularly on the NFL and college football. James Andrew Miller is the best-selling author of books on CAA, ESPN, Saturday Night Live, and HBO. Uh, you can follow all his uh, whatever he's doing at the moment via his uh, uh, Twitter feed. Uh, he has his yeah, origins podcast. Twitter. Yeah, well, you still can promote your stuff there. He has um, he has his Origins podcast, of course. I'm sure there'll be a book or another book in the future. Uh, Jim, I can't thank you enough for uh, 
sort of taking us uh, through this stuff. This, again, is very inside baseball and the weed stuff, but I think uh, there's nobody better when it comes to explaining this for uh, in, in layperson's terms. So I thank you so much for joining me today on the Sports Media Podcast, and uh, you'll be back sooner than later. Always enjoy it. Thank you, Richard. All right, back in the studio. My thanks to uh, Jim Miller for uh, his insights and uh, the conversation. He, uh, uh, a lot of interesting stuff from him on, um, on Inside ESPN. If you like these kind of conversations, uh, please leave us a five-star review and a nice note. That is how this podcast continues. Last couple podcasts, we had Washington Post sports columnist Sally Jenkins. He's got a new book out called The Right Call, which sports teaches us about work and life. Had Taylor Twelman on to talk about uh, how MLS Apple can maximize Leo Messi's time in America. Kate Abdo, the great host of CBS Champions League coverage, was on this podcast June 14th. We uh, did a PGA Tour Live Golf podcast on June 8th with Kevin Van Valkenburg and Chad Mum. Beth Mullins and Michelle Smith were uh, on this podcast talking about women's softball. Caitlin Thompson about uh, the coverage of tennis in the United States media-wise. Um, I want to thank Patrick Antonetti, of course, for his hard work and uh, and everything he does for this podcast. Thanks to everybody at Odyssey for their support. Thank you for listening. We'll see you soon on the Sports Media Podcast. Okay. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road, any road, the steeper the better. Because my all new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.